3500. This is WNZK, Dearborn Heights, Detroit. Your ethnic superstation at 690 days, 680 nights. The Ray Hanania Show is brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and sponsored by Arab News Newspaper, the Middle East's leading English language publication with print and online editions in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, France, Japan, Pakistan, England, and the United States. Listen to live radio every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern in Detroit, Washington, D.C., New York, and Ontario, Canada. Or watch the live broadcast on facebook.com forward slash Arab News. The Ray Hanania Show is rebroadcast in Chicago at 12 noon on Thursday. For more information on the radio stations, live Facebook broadcast, and podcasts, visit arabnews.com. And now, here's your host, columnist and U.S. special correspondent for Arab News, Ray Hanania. And welcome, everybody. It's Wednesday, September 7th, 2022, and I'm your host, Ray Hanania. We're broadcasting live in Detroit and in Washington, D.C. on live radio there. And tomorrow, Thursday, we'll rebroadcast this program in Chicago at 12 noon on WNWI AM 1080 Radio. Today, we're going to talk with two guests who are running for mayor of the city of Chicago, the third largest city in America. Both have publicly spoken out in defense of Arab American and Muslim American rights during the past year. Alderman Raymond Lopez and Dr. Willie Wilson. It's not something all the candidates have done or will do. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, for example, has targeted Arab and Muslim store owners, while others have not outreached to the Arab American community in a significant way. But both our guests, uh, Alderman Lopez and Dr. Wilson, believe that everyone, regardless of race, religion, or national origin, should be treated equally and fairly. The fact that has to be said tells you how bad Chicagoland politics in these days under Mayor Lightfoot can be or by under her predecessor, two terms, Rahm Emanuel, and why he did everything to shut us out. I know Arab Americans are looking for leadership. And my first guest, Raymond Lopez, I really think, and I believe he offers some of the best hope for the community and the city of Chicago. Ray Lopez is a candidate for mayor in Chicago. He was first elected to the Chicago City Council in 2015 and reelected in 2019. And he's been an outspoken advocate for Arab American and Muslim American rights to ensure they're treated equally and no different than any other ethnic, racial, or religious group in the city. His campaign website is RaymondLopezChicago.com. Uh, Candidate Lopez, it's such a pleasure to see you. I know you've been busy. I follow you. You're going ward by ward, 50 wards, you know. We're the third city now, but that's still a lot of people and a lot of places to go. Welcome. Thank you, Ray. 2.7 million people make up the great city of Chicago out of 77 neighborhoods. And last week, we were on a mission to hit all 50 wards in 50 days. And I'm coming to you live from the 19th ward on the city's far south side. Um, but it's a pleasure to take a moment to speak to you and to those concerned about Arab American and Muslim relations in the city of Chicago. And there is an award I love more, having covered Chicago City Hall than the 19th Ward. You're in a great place, and I know they're going to give you a lot of support. Um, before we get into the issues of Arab Americans, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, introduce yourself to Arab Americans. Uh, 
the people in Chicago will hear this, but a lot of people around the country are going to want to support somebody like you who supports them. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and why get into politics. You know, I grew up on the southwest side of the city of Chicago, not far off from Midway Airport. I come from a working class family where both parents had jobs. My grandparents helped raise me when my parents were at work. And it's that same work ethic, that same dedication to family that's propelled me to where I am today. You know, I don't claim to be a candidate with fancy, a wall full of fancy degrees. I'm a blue collar guy who knows what it means to be a worker, to work for a living. And that has been what has guided me as alderman. And I think that's what's been missing from the mayor's office for the past 12 years. You know, for too many politicians, this is academic. But for me, there are real world consequences to everything that we do and how our families run their businesses, how they get to work safely, how they provide for their children, how they educate their children, and how they make sure that their children have a better life than what they had when they came here. Whether they were born here multi-generational like myself or immigrants just coming here for the first time. And I believe that we must fight for everyone's opportunity to access that dream because people are here in this country for a reason whether they came from the Middle East or Central America or Eastern Europe or Asia, everyone came to this country for a reason and they all deserve the same shot that I have enjoyed in my three generations here in this country and as so many others do as well. So that's why I fight for communities that are oftentimes picked on or targeted by bad policies as we saw you alluded to earlier in your monologue with Lori Lightfoot, I believe it was last year targeting several dozen Arab-owned businesses simply because they were Arab-owned for no other purpose other than that and to lay blame for violence on their feet and not the perpetrators of the violence in the communities that those store owners were trying to serve. You know, that doesn't make sense to me. And as a leader, as an alderman, and as mayor, you know, we will make sure that the city is truly inclusive and welcoming to everyone and recognizes the need to spread the wealth, so to speak, among all people including our Arab and Muslim brothers and sisters. I know when that happened in uh, 2021, I think it started in June 2021. By the time we found out about it, we reached out to people. You were the you didn't hesitate. You were the first person, uh, political office holder to reach out to us and say that targeting a community, a business, because it's whatever race is wrong. It wasn't just about being Arab or Muslim. It was about it. It's wrong for the city to say, oh, let's uh, look at all the Arab stores. And when violence happens in front of those stores, we're going to shut them down the way she did. And she shut so many stores. You were the first one that really spoke out against that policy. And your voice gave the Arab community a voice um, because I think Mayor Lightfoot targeted us because we're considered weak, disorganized. We don't have the same institutions as, for example, your Latino and Mexican-American community or the African-American community or the Asian-American community. We're easy targets. Without question, uh, she viewed the Arab community as easy targets, playing on already the stereotypes and, and fears that exist within the Black community, and then believing that no one else outside of the Arab or Muslim community would come to your defense. And that simply was not the case. To your point, Ray, what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. And it's always been my, my, it's always been my mantra to call a spade a spade. And when, that, when I saw that, 
I had to stand up immediately. And I'm glad that we were able to force them through public pressure to end their policy of targeting Arab-owned businesses uh, simply because of the demographic of the owner and start allowing those owners and businesses to make money again because we know it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to those poor business owners just barely coming out of the pandemic to be shut down and targeted for no other reason other than their their heritage. Yeah, I mean, have you ever heard of a a store where there's a shooting in front of a store in the downtown area that the city then shuts down and says you can't operate because some gangbangers, you know, whatever their race or religion, uh, there was an act of violence in front of your store. I've never heard of that. No, and I've never heard of it, especially when the owners of many of the stores that were shut down that we were supporting had in fact called 911. We're trying to work with the city of Chicago. We're trying and pleading with the administration for help only to have their cries fall on deaf ears and then scapegoated for what was happening. It was just a complete miscarriage of public policy and that will never again happen as long as I'm around. I hope so. And so uh, tell us about your approach to uh, race, religion, ethnicity, and diversity. I mean, how important is it to your administration and what do you do about it? I mean, does, you know, Mary Lightfoot, I mean, I've tried to reach out to her. I covered city hall, seven mayors for 20 years. Um, she wouldn't do an interview with me. Neither would Rahm Emanuel, by the way, he, uh, shut down all of our Arab institutions. We had an Arab festival. He shut it down his first month in office. We had a uh, Arab advisory council. He shut it down within six months of being in office. Um, he focused on the Muslim community, which is 75% non-Arab. I think his problem is with Arabs. And I think Mayor Lightfoot has the same problem. I'm not really sure if she just used us as a way to deflect from her failure to fight violence. Maybe we were a good opportunity to make her look good. I'm not really sure, but what can you do, for example, for Arab Americans and other ethnic groups as a mayor of the city of Chicago? Well, as mayor, as mayor of this great city, I know that this city is a collection of ethnic neighborhoods and communities. And when Chicago was at its best is when all of those ethnic communities were engaged and connected to the fifth floor of City Hall, to the mayor's office. And when you talk about how many times that my, my the current administration or the previous administration didn't give interviews, I can't count how many times we've talked. And I think this is my third or fourth interview and I'm not even mayor yet. So I have no reason to change what I've been doing up until this point. You know, I welcome everyone who's made the journey to be a part of the city of Chicago, no matter where they've come from in, on this planet. You know, we are here now together. And it's important for us to recognize the traditions that made us who we are individually and how that meshes together collectively, making city of, the city of Chicago one of the most global cities in the planet. All I can say is this, Ray, is that when I am mayor, the Arab community will have no greater friend than it has had in the last 20 years. That it won't just be a matter of having one or two individuals stand with me at a photo op once a year and say, look how close we are. There will be members of my cabinet who are Arab American and Muslim. There'll be members of my administration. We will ensure that we are representative and reflective of the Arab and Muslim communities. 
And I will make sure that our ethnic councils and programs incorporate the Arab American and Muslim traditions that have gone on under the radar without any support from City Hall. And I believe two interviews ago, I committed myself to supporting the Arab, the Arab Festival, which I would love to see come back to the city of Chicago. So I think that it's important for us to celebrate these, the rich heritage and culture of the Arab American community in Chicago, as we would my own, as we would the historic and cherished Polish, Italian, Irish community. We have to recognize the full breadth and scope of the ethnic palette in Chicago, and I'm committed to doing that. We're on the line with uh, uh, Alderman Raymond Lopez. He is a candidate for mayor of Chicago. Um, he was one of he was the first uh, elected official to stand up for Arab Americans when we had uh, the problem with Mayor Lightfoot shutting down uh, dozens of Arab American businesses to make herself look like she was doing something to fight the street gang problem. That problem, and I, I don't want to say that is the worst problem. It's a terrible problem. I I'll, I'm going to ask you what are what do you think are the top five problems that Chicago has? Top three, top five. You know what's your list, and and how do you intend to address them and solve them? It, it's not easy, but what are they, and what can you do about them? Well, I think the number one, two, and three problems facing the city of Chicago all deal with public safety, because no matter where you look, no matter what neighborhood you're in. Even as I'm sitting here in the 19th Ward on 95th and Western, the issue of public safety comes up just as much as it does on Madison and Cicero or on Ridge and right off of Urban Park. People are afraid. People are scared when they see and hear what's going on in our city and they want someone to take charge of it. This administration only chooses to lay blame and look backwards. I want to get us through it and move forward. And you can't do that by demonizing police. You can't do that by disrespecting our first responders who are the ones trying to keep it together. And you can't do it by having a mayor who thinks that she is the superintendent of police and dictating policy from the fifth floor as opposed to letting the professionals handle their business. As mayor, I will ensure that I take personal responsibility, personal responsibility for every citizen in this city. The current administration points fingers, lays blame, ducks, dodges, and deflects. I will not do that because the success of our police department will be my success, will be the city's success. But when its failures happen and when crime happens, that will be my failure and I will have to own it. And that will be a marked change from where we're at right now. Someone who actually takes ownership for the safety and lives of the people of the city of Chicago. Once we get a handle on the public safety by instituting reforms, by ensuring we have a superintendent who is from this city, understands its neighborhoods, has the respect of the officers, then we'll be able to set a new standard in Chicago where there are consequences to be had for bad behavior. That is the number one reason we have not been able to get any progress in this city because we are a city without consequences. You have drag racers driving around terror terrorizing neighborhoods in half a dozen locations simultaneously, and we are helpless in trying to stop them. We have a mayor who refuses to speak about it, and a superintendent who's in Texas eating blackened salmon, as opposed to being in Chicago trying to fix that. All of that will end when I am mayor. And the moment we show consequence, then we will reinstill the faith that people have in our city, 
and we'll be able to attract jobs, attract investment, rebuild our neighborhoods. But none of that will happen until people feel safe in their communities. That is why safety is at the heart of everything that we must do and accomplish immediately for the turn and right the ship that is Chicago. Yeah, I agree. Safety, I, uh, the number of killings every week are troubling. And it doesn't matter where they say, oh, it's lower this week or it's getting better. Um, you know, when you look at the past year, the numbers are horrific. The, not just the people that we've lost, but the people that are injured. You know, sometimes we yeah. just focus on the dead, but we don't focus on those that survive now that have to live with these injuries. Um, and I know, consequent. I think what you said is so important. Support the police. Make sure the police respect the community. Make sure that the community understands oh, what the police 4, does. People were Go ahead, Ray. Sorry. No, no, Mayor, Go ahead. Mayor okay. Lightfoot probably cut your internet off out in the 19th ward. She's, She's jamming my signal. She is. She doesn't like hearing your great ideas. But I think the second most important thing you said was there has to be consequences. These are a small group of people from different communities that are the criminals that we don't stereotype a whole community because a person who commits a crime is Arab or Mexican or black or Asian. We focus on the criminal and they should have consequences. It doesn't seem like there are consequences for them. No, more often than not, between the judicial system that will release them back out before the paperwork's even dry, the ink on the paperwork's dry, or even our own police department, which will not chase a criminal on foot, will not chase them in a car, won't try to stop them if they're drinking and driving, and whose policy for drag racing is to wait until they get run out of gas. You know, the message that we continue to send criminals is that you can do whatever you want in the city of Chicago, and eventually maybe we'll arrest you, but there's really no consequence. And nowhere is that more evident when you look at the index crimes in Chicago, and you see that 95% of the index crimes, murders, guns, you know, drug, major drug issues, things like that, 95% of them go without an arrest. So you have a 95% chance of literally getting away with murder and never getting caught in the city of Chicago. For smaller crimes, we're at about 82%. But that is a staggeringly high amount of cases that go without an arrest, without anyone being charged, without anyone being held accountable. And that's why crime is so out of control and not just downtown, but in every neighborhood. And I think that is why it's so important that the discussion about accountability and responsibility is brought to the forefront, which is why as aldermen, you know, I can push on the police as much as I can. I can push on the courts as much as I can. But the one group that seems to always elude responsibility, particularly for our youth, is parents. And I think that's a huge lost opportunity for the mayor of the city of Chicago, who has the ultimate bully pulpit, to not call out bad parents and further not offer to help bad parents become good parents. Because nothing's going to change unless we get our family values back on track. Otherwise, we're going to continue to see 10 and 11-year-olds carjacking senior citizens every day of the week. And after crime and uh, public safety, what, what are some of the other, I mean, a lot of changes, challenges, and it's not just Chicago. A lot of the uh, towns all over the Midwest throughout the country have similar problems. But are there any particular right after public safety that are important that you're going to speak to? Well, in tandem with public safety has to be growth. You know, 
Governments large and small are dealing with shrinking tax bases following the 2020 civil unrest, rioting and looting. They're, they're seeing their economy struggle. We're seeing the beginning of a recession, regardless what Joe Biden wants to call it. We need to grow our economy so that we can expand our tax base. And we can only do that by ensuring that we're creating opportunities and easing the way in which businesses open and, with, and the way businesses deal with their employees and are able to, to expand and branch out. Small business is the backbone of the American economy. It's not government jobs, it's not anything else. It's small business, those mom and pops that open up stores, put their blood, sweat and tears on the line to create a business, hire people from the community and keep that money circulating within a neighborhood. My goal as mayor will be to ensure that we ease the process for people to open business, run business and maintain business. Because right now in the city of Chicago, to get even the most simplest of permits is an 18 month process. No business puts away enough money to wait 18 months for any government, least of all the city of Chicago to make a decision on how to move forward. So that is what I'm gonna focus on in terms of economic opportunity, revamping city hall's bureaucracy so that it goes from being a place where work doesn't happen to where it becomes professional again, customer service oriented. As you know, I work for Southwest Airlines, a company that used to say we specialize in customer service and just happen to fly airplanes. You know, that same mentality needs to come to government. We need to have some semblance of customer service and public service and realize that our taxpayers are our customers and help them become successful in everything that they do. And lastly, that also equates back to the delivery of city service, modernizing how we do things so that it doesn't take weeks and months on end to get lights fixed, potholes fixed, new garbage cans. We can do things in a, in a very efficient and 21st century forward thinking manner. Uh, in terms of the bureaucracy. All of that aside, I also unleashed a plan a week or so ago to completely transform government as we know it in the city of Chicago, calling for a reduction of the city council by half, going from 50 members to 25 members, calling for new elected officials, including a corporation council, inspector general and city comptroller. All of those individuals have either helped abated or have been silenced by administration's lust for power. And it's time that we make those positions elected to give some balance to whomever is in the mayor's chair. All told, I'm looking forward to the 21st century. We are trying not to replicate a Chicago that worked, but to make a Chicago that will work in the next century. And I have the vision and the belief that we will be able to do it. And what gravitates people to that message is that they are excited about building a new Chicago for everyone, regardless where they've come from, regardless who they're married to, regardless if they're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan. If you're a Packers fan, I don't care. But we will be here together in this um, for the next for the next for the 21st century. I know that part of this is a perception issue. People are afraid. They a lot of people don't go to Chicago from the suburbs. A lot of suburbanites work in the city and they run home. So there is a relationship between the city and the suburban communities that could improve. But how do you change that fear that people have that hurts Chicago? Um, Chicago used to be the focus of everything in northern Illinois. And today now we're, we hear about the Bears wanting to move to Arlington Heights 
you know, uh, businesses moving to other uh, locations. How do you stop that? I mean, how do you get that to reverse itself and think, freeze? Well, I think the answer is in the question. It's a matter of perception. And it's who people are going to perceive as fighting and defending the city of Chicago. And when you look at the majority of those running for office, when you look at the current administration, more specifically, they do not exude the aura of standing up and defending the home front. Lori Lightfoot has capitulated at every turn. There are more pictures of her hiding in the basement than there are confronting gangs on the streets. Her only claim to fame was going after people sunbathing at a gay beach in the height of the pandemic shutdown. That was the most that she was ever active. I, on the other hand, am a well-documented fighter. I've gone toe-to-toe with gangbangers, literally, where they have come at me, my home, my office, and I have yet to back down. So I believe that the perception of who's going to be your fighter, who's going to be the one standing up to the madness uh, is answered when you say Ana Lopez as mayor, because you know what you're going to get immediately in terms of those trying to seek harm and do harm to the city of Chicago. Any final thoughts uh, that you want to share that I didn't ask you about any other issues that you want to bring up and, and drive home the floor, the floor is yours. I, I know you've done so much. And in the time that I've met you, I don't think I could say that there's another person I feel most confident can really restore the vision that I, I don't know when Jane Byrne ran in the beginning and, you know, 1978, 79, I thought, wow, the world is going to change. We're going to have an open city. And then things unfortunately changed the wrong way. And um, it went South, but you remind me of that period where the city felt, wow, Here's somebody that's going to really bring good change where it's not going to be politics. It's going to be about us and making us a better place and a safer place. Our kids, our seniors, all that. Uh, Just a final thought from you. Any other issues that you want to mention? Well, I think we do have that wow factor because everything that you just said that was espoused back then is everything that I've done as alderman in the 15th Ward, bringing different communities, different demographics together under one roof, being able to move forward together. You know, that's what this is about. And whether it was supporting the Arab American Chamber of Commerce, whether it's supporting projects like making MENA a designated class for Middle Eastern and North African individuals, to ensuring that we could expand the opportunities of government to our Arab American and Muslim partners through the WMBE minority contracting options. All of those things are things that I espouse and live and have proven a tra- have a proven track record for. And what I say to you and to your listeners is, you know, many people are going to run for the office because they want the office. I'm running because I love my city. And I have a track record that I gladly will put to anyone's campaign literature and show that I've done great things bringing people together doing things in a more positive and accessible way and being genuine. I think that's what's most important. You have to be genuine in this. And I genuinely love being around all people. I love my city and I want to see it better. And I know many of your listeners do too. And I welcome them in joining us to make our Chicago one for the ages. 
Our, our next guest is going to be Dr. Willie Wilson. And I have to say, I've seen the two of you respect each other. It, it's like, what world is this? Where's the polarization that divided America? Where's the hate politics that makes you have to fight with somebody? I, I've seen you shake hands with him. I've seen you talk about issues. Um, it, it, that caring is something that, you know, you don't see much. And uh, I think that you brought that to the table. And I, I hope other people see it and do what they can to support you. My guest today is uh, Alderman Ray Lopez, Raymond Lopez. Um, he's the Alderman of the 15th Ward, but he's running for mayor in the February 28th uh 2023 chicago mayoral election you could vote for him in chicago but if you don't live in chicago you can still support him his website is raymondlopezchicago.com alderman listen thank you so much we wish you the best you're a great guy always so supportive of our community uh, it's obvious that i have a favoritism but it's because you have a favoritism you've never said no to our community i've never heard you say no and uh, we appreciate that. I know it means a lot. Thank you, Ray. Thank you to the listeners. All right. Continue with your trek through the 50 wards of Chicago. We will be following you. All right. Thank you, Ray. You have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. And everybody, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're expecting a call from uh, Willie Wilson to talk to us about his candidacy and uh, about the in interests of Arab Americans. I'm Ray Hanania. We will be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Are your hands feeling numb? Do you feel pain opening up a jar, turning a key? Are you noticing that your elbow and your shoulder are becoming stiff? Or were you recently injured in your arm? Hello, I'm Dr. Albajit Katranji. And at the Katranji Hand Center, which just recently opened down the street from the Somerset Mall, we can provide you with the latest in hand, wrist, elbow, and shoulder care. Visit us at www.katranjihandcenter.com to learn the latest techniques that we have to offer you. And I look forward to taking care of you. Visit us in Troy at 1565 West Big Beaver Road, Building F. Or call Katranji Hand Center for an appointment at 248-869-4263. That's 248-869-4263. Ziad brand quality products from our family to yours Ziad brothers importing offers the finest quality products including brands like sultan craft nestle hook rico picon donna and many more ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best for more information visit our website at www.ziad.com that's www.ziad.com ziad quality products from our family to yours at Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic in Dearborn, we provide effective physical therapy sessions in order to limit pain and discomfort. Top Rehab provides physical therapy care for any diagnosis prescribed by a physician, and we regularly see and treat conditions such as stroke, TMJ, fibromyalgia, sciatica, joint pain, and more. 
We use a variety of pain management methods, including modalities, soft tissue mobilization, and therapeutic exercise. If you're in need of physical rehabilitation or physical therapy, get the highest quality health care at Top Rehab. Most insurance is accepted and we're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 8 to 6, Tuesday and Thursday 8 to 5, and Saturday 10 till 2. Call for an appointment today at 313-846-0555. That's 313-846-0555. Choose Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Life's too short to be in pain. The Ray Hanania Show is brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and sponsored by Arab News Newspaper, the Middle East's leading English language publication with print and online editions in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, France, Japan, Pakistan, England, and the United States. Listen to live radio every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern in Detroit, Washington, D.C., New York, and Ontario, Canada. Or watch the live broadcast on facebook.com forward slash Arab News. The Ray Hanania Show is rebroadcast in Chicago at 12 noon on Thursday. For more information on the radio stations, live Facebook broadcast, and podcasts, visit arabnews.com. And now, here's your host, columnist and U.S. special correspondent for Arab News, Ray Hanania. My next guest, Dr. Willie Wilson, is probably the most genuine and one of the wealthiest candidates running for mayor of Chicago, having committed $9 million of his own money to his election and candidacy in the mayoral election on February 28, 2023. But he's been so generous to every community in Chicago and Chicagoland, always sharing his wealth, his leadership, and always kind on his support of other people and communities in need. Dr. Wilson has been generous to the people of Chicago, donating gas cards, food, water, and during the COVID uh, pandemic, PPE and face masks. He's also been openly supportive of the Arab American and the Muslim American communities in the city of Chicago and in Chicagoland. I want to welcome our next guest, Dr. Willie Wilson, candidate for mayor of Chicago. Dr. Wilson, thank you so much for calling in today. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having us. We appreciate being here. I've been looking forward for it, you know, for a long time. Yeah, and I've known you, uh, I think I've just gotten to know you in the last couple of years, and I have to say, when I think of that, when I say the name Dr. Willie Wilson, I think of generosity, somebody who helps people in need. Tell us about yourself. I mean, how did you get to where you're at and why why get involved in politics? Well, I, I, I came from a poor family. I, I'm a, I still say today I'm, I was born a sharecropper and I'm still a sharecropper today. That's one who Thick cotton, chopped cotton. It came from down south and 11 sisters and brothers. And we struggled a lot. And we struggled a lot. And we had to borrow uh, bread from their next door neighbor. And after a week or two, uh, they had to borrow it from us. And so we just been giving, giving, giving. So since I uh, come to Chicago, I said, well, everybody's my neighbor. And let's just keep on giving because it's such a need out here. And so when one day in eighth grade, uh, seventh grade education, ran away from home at age 13, um, and um, 
been been out here ever since, and we've been able to do businesses and help people and and trying to bring people together and be kind and, and uh, continue to support. And that's why my blessing always comes from it. I don't try to get outside of that. My my vacation is helping people, not so much going on a golf course or out of town and pleasure, but it, it is uh, it's helping people. That's my I call that my vacation. Tell us about uh, um, what in the election in the and when you win mayor. What's the first thing that you're going to do to help the city of Chicago? What's give us your priority of the things that you believe need to be done and that you want to do? Well, for the first thing, we obviously uh, got to deal with crime, you know, and crime. I, I've always stated before, we will put four superintendent of police divide the city into four segments. If we need a five, fifth one, we'll do that too. That way, the whole the uh, each person in the north, south, west, and uh, side of uh, uh, Chicago and east uh, intersection, and then hold those superintendent police accountable, and making sure that they can start dealing with this uh, this crime situation. Now, you you have to go more than just that. You have to put the economic uh, situation in place to deal with the root of the problem. Yeah, I believe that as long as the community are poor and depressed, you won't be able to get rid of crime. So you got to go in, to the root of it by way of creating jobs or creating grants, creating businesses, and having people that before you could finish uh, uh, one grade to the next grade, you have to know at least one or two trades before you can graduate. So that when you do get out of college, you got two or three of different trades under your belt, and then you can get a job, and you can get a contract within your own community. That way, is empower your community. So that help help without eliminating it. And then you would put uh, trade schools into our churches, into our community center, or where people can get to the match. But if you continually just say education alone. It just doesn't do it. Education is important, but why not have three or four different trades that you can be an architect, you can lay brick, you can tile, you can be a painter, uh, you can do all that. So, so in other words, don't nobody need you to drive a drive your, uh, looking for a driver and driving them around in a car if you want to be a chauffeur. If you can't, if you don't, if you don't have your driving license, don't know how to drive. You know, so how can you get paid for? Yeah. And and your your generosity has really put you in front of the uh, at the head of the line, I think, when it comes to people looking for leadership. What is the problem in Chicago today? I mean, you know, I, I remember meeting Lori Lightfoot a couple of years ago before she became mayor. She seemed like a great person. What happens to people when they get into office that they change? And I'm not saying she's well, a bad I person, but she hasn't. She's done some things that. You know, like targeting Arab and Muslims, Muslim Americans. Um, she hasn't been able to do anything about crime and and public safety. Mm -hmm. What what can you? What is she not doing right that you're going to do right? Well, first of all, I'm going to be able to. I'm going to be communicate with the citizen uh, of Chicago. I'm going to be able to communicate with the police or first responder without them turning their back on me. I'm going to continue to communicate to everybody I possibly can versus this lady don't even communicate. 
uh, I'm going to share my ideas and look for ideas to deal with it. I'm a business person. She's not. She don't understand business. That business helps lower taxes. Business helps the economic part. Business empowers the community. She doesn't even have a clue of how to deal with none of that. You know, and, and, and so it's showing right now that she doesn't have a clue. I always tell everybody that it is evident. As, as, as crazy as people is out in the world, but it is evident, you know, that, that the three thousand, if you ever watch them, three thousand, oh, it's yeah. evident that three three thousand has a sister. It's evident, and she what is she the sister of them, you know? And, 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 and so she just don't have it, uh, and, and and you know you cannot run a city with four or five or two or three million people into it, and by yourself. You just cannot do it. So she doesn't have a clue. She's over her head. And if you don't know know the clue how to fix it, and if you think you know it all, uh, you don't know what you're doing wrong, you can't fix it. So she's not fixable. She got to go in the next four months. Now talk to us a little bit about, um, you've had a chance uh, over the past uh, couple of years to meet Arab Americans and Muslim Americans. Um, and you know Arabs and Muslims, they're not asking for a favor. They're not asking you to treat them differently than anybody else. I, I've heard them all say to you, and you've been very responsive to them, um, that they just want to be treated the same. They want the same opportunities. They want the same uh, benefits. They they like to get, we pay our taxes. We get nothing from the city. We get nothing from the county. We get nothing from the state, literally. I mean, when you think about it, we're an easy community to pick on. And I think that's what uh, Mayor Lightfoot has done. What can you do and what can you say about Arab Americans and Muslim Americans? Well, I say about Arab American, Muslim Americans that, first of all, we, we got to make sure that they're part of your administration. You got to have somebody that understands it, speak the language, and part of the administration uh, that you have in order that you can get things done. You know, you must uh, create equal opportunity and equality for all citizens, regardless of what your your nationality happens to be. Uh, we all are brothers and sisters. I always tell everybody, we all are the same. We just need to be treated the same. Ain't no way in the world I will close down the, 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 the Muslim business, anybody else's businesses uh, on something that, that because you don't like them or do something like of that nature, you're hurting your, your city, you're hurting the neighborhood, you're, you're hurting everybody. But I would do it, I would I would make sure that joining my administration includes the makeup of my administration, someone that can represent or from the Eric and Muslim community to help give me feedback and what some of the issues are out there and, and then do it. And, and and so, but it wouldn't be just a token position. It'll be a paid position, a real position. It'll be it'll be a respectful position. It'll be input. It'll be somebody part of my administration. Uh, it'll be someone that that is genuine in fixing the problem and bringing us all together. Uh, the Eric and Muslim community uh, made a lot of contributions to our to to, our, to Chicago, and they should not be left out. And they will not be left out. You know, so so those things we will make sure of. 
and and then I think we could create some some joint venture together within the neighborhood businesses, uh, and we could create that, get to know one another better, and communicate one another better as well. And where there's help need in terms of contracts, you could do it. They should have their part of contract just like anybody else. And it shouldn't be no small token contract, you know. It, right. it should be a contract with the city, contract with the county, contract with the state, contract with, with the uh, uh, national uh, in the United States, as well as contract international as well. Because it's Chicago is the international city. A lot of people do business with Chicago, but we must make the, the Arab Muslim community part of that flow. And, and, and as well as the, the, the other minority that exists out there, we have to embrace, not embrace, but in, 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 embrace and being inclusion, not exclusion. I know the, uh, and you know the uh, Arab American Chamber, uh, Hassan Nijim, the great guy, genuine, just like you, uh, uh, just like uh, Alderman Ray Lopez, we talked with him a little earlier, um, and he said that. Uh, Hassan had told me that he'd like to see the chamber do more, you know, moving forward. Uh, you've, you've had so many programs that you've worked with so many different groups, I think, to give away food, to give away water. I know the chamber and the Arab businesses want to do what they can uh, to support those efforts. Yes, yes. When we give away food and water and, and, and gas and face masks, look. We did it to the, to every community, the, the Eric and the, and the Muslim community, and we got more coming up as well. Uh, we didn't we didn't discriminate against anybody uh, because I embrace the, the different nationalities, you know, uh, and, and I, that's the only way to to do do things. I think, and I ask for the support of of, of the Eric and the Muslim community to to support me as your mayor. And and you're gonna get a lot out of me than anybody else because the fact of it is that I'm not running for a paycheck. I don't even want a paycheck. I just want to help. I want to make this a better city. I want to bring us together. You know, you. Yeah, I want to make make everybody part of my administration so we don't have no miscommunication or shutting places down, businesses are down. I want to make them feel like a family, which they are. So we have to do that, and and I'm I'm willing to take and start on that process now as we campaign. I'm looking for somebody to represent the Eric Muslim community right now, just to be part of my campaign as we move along, because in in, in four months we're going to be moving on fifth floor in City Hall. And um, so, uh, you would mention that are you, you're not going to take a paycheck then if you're mayor? Or do you? you know, the salary, you deserve it. I mean, it's every mayor gets paid for their work. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't want it. Well, I don't want it. Wow. I want to take that money, give it away to the community, give it to the churches or someone uh, uh, into the community. I, I don't really want it. I don't need it. Nor do I, 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 I want it. The Lord done bless me to be able to take care of myself and my family. Um, I, I mean, I got food at home and refrigerator. And I got got those needs met and taken, but too many other people out here is, is is struggling. So let's give it to the people in the community. Let's give it to the churches. Let's give it to the community organization. Let's help support that way 
especially when I don't I don't even need the money and I won't take it, you know. And I like your idea of uh dealing with public safety and crime by strengthening the economy. That if the people have a stronger economic base, there's less reason for people maybe to you're always going to have crime. But there are a lot of people, yeah. I think, turn to crime because they're desperate. They have nothing else. Yeah. They feel that they have to do that. What What about those mm-hmm. that no matter what you do there and it doesn't matter whether they're black, they're white, they're Asian, Native American, Arab or Muslim. If they commit commit mm-hmm. a crime, are they being held accountable? Is there accountability today in Chicago for someone that does something wrong to somebody else? Not at all. They're not being held accountable. What we would do is take the handcuffs off the policeman and put the handcuffs on the people who are doing the crime. You know, we would do that. We'll hold you accountable and we're going to stop this crime kind of a situation. We're going to put the infrastructure in place to be able to make sure they do make a good paycheck and make a good living. And but but with the rest of it, we're not going to stand for. And if we lock them, if, if we lock them up and they turn anybody else, get them out of jail, we're going to lock them up again. You know, and it's because, see, like right now, uh, the, the the policeman is handcuffed and the community is handcuffed uh, and scared. We got to change that around. It should be the crook that handcuffed and scared. And we're going to change that around. We're going to hold them accountable. You, you know, we're going to. Do everything we can, hold them accountable, but get to address root of the problem. But the thing about it right now, nobody is being held accountable for it. And I don't think this mayor don't even know how to hold them accountable. Fifty-five people got shot over Labor Day weekend. Eleven of them got killed. Yeah. Uh, they've been going every weekend. More people getting killed in Chicago than Vietnam. You know? Yeah. That's terrible. It and don't uh, make sense. Don't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And and, you know, I think the communities are are afraid, you know, that they need to get involved, don't they? I mean, you can't stop crime if the community is afraid to get involved, you know, and the only they need to get more. How do you get the communities more involved, you know, to stand up for themselves, to speak out, to defend themselves, you know, to be more successful? Uh, well, I would I have to put together. I will put a police protection uh, uh, program together. So if somebody uh, need to dial a number, call and protect those particular citizens that turns in the people. But the biggest thing you want to do is making sure that the police officer, you meet with the community leader, you have meetings just like you have downtown. You you have open door policies. So one day out of a week. Anybody want to come in and talk with the mayor with the issue, they can come in and talk to them. Then they question ahead of time, come in and talk to them, and then we'll work on those things together. The community have lost faith because people haven't taken then uh, took community serious. So they lost faith. Nobody reached out to them. You know, everybody, the mayor today wanted to say that she, she wanted to run everything, and nobody had reached out to the community on a genuine situation to make them feel comfortable. I mean, you don't go into another person's home and let that person make you comfortable and make you welcome coming there. This administration have not done that. And we'll we'll change that. We'll change every bit of that. 
And and the last question, and then, you know, I just want to open it up to you. I, I don't mean to always dominate all the questions, but the last question yeah. I have is that, you know, in our country today, it's so polarized. Everybody, there's like a hate politics. People don't talk to each other. Everybody calls each other names. That spills over into the states, into the counties, into cities like Chicago. How do you bring people together? How do you bring them together and push aside the extremists on all sides, regardless of politics, their party, their race, their religion, or whatever. How do you bring people together? Is that possible today? Well, yeah, it's possible. I I say bring them together just like just like I'm around pretty much everybody. I had to step out and reach out and go to the community, go to the 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 uh, block club, go to the political side of it, go to the baseball, softball league game. You know, go out there and join them and reach out and show yourself friendly. Uh, and reach out and start talking, start getting involved, what all the issues are. Go out there and start creating contracts and jobs with them just like we do for anybody else. Because if you can talk to talk, but you don't walk to walk, so you have to be able to show a person by using an example. For example, I, I didn't charge anybody for, for the food, the gasoline, the face mask. I gave all that stuff away free of charge. I mean, just gave it away. Don't know, don't know nobody. But gave them to a thousand, a thousand people. You know? Yeah. Use the same thing we're doing now into office. We, we won't change that. And then you begin to see people uh, uh, not too afraid uh, to reach out to you. And uh, they begin to get comfortable. And we have open dialogue and open communication. If, if you keep to yourself, then nobody's not going to come over to you. Uh, they're going to be afraid, but you should first got to, like the Bible says, you first got to show yourself friendly in order to receive friends. That's why uh, I don't start that. Just, uh, and then uh, finally, I wanted to ask you, uh, any anything that you want to say that I haven't asked you about, is there anything uh -huh. else? <clears throat> well, I say go to my website, Facebook, Willow Wilson Facebook, and um, uh, keep up with us on a daily basis. And if you happen to want to just, just make the, the donation, go to electwillowilson.com. That's electwillowilson.com. I mean, put whatever you want to put there. I don't care. It can be $5, $10, $20, $50, $100. It can be, it can be 50 cents. Doesn't matter with me. Just making a statement to be part of it, and 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 I want people to know that a vote for me is voting for yourself. You know, I'm okay. You know, but uh, the question is asked: are, are are the citizens everybody okay? I said the citizens need help. I'm okay. I I, I don't I I don't take uh, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars for people to buy me. I, I I put in already money, millions and millions of dollars in this campaign of mine, and I did it for a reason so that nobody's not gonna buy me to have me turn my back against the community, you know, and 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 so I want the people to know that look, I'm not getting a paycheck. I'm putting money in for the benefit of everybody. I want them to know that I'm 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 one of them.
I'm, I'm one of them. You know, I'm no different. I'm one of them. I'm just showing compassion because we've been blessed and we're going to continue to, 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 to help other study me. Go to my website, go, go, go to, go to the, uh, uh, internet. You'll find a lot of things that we talk about now that we've been doing good ever since 1996, a front page article in the Wall Street Journal that is out there. Know that, that I'm, I'm one of, one of them and know that I'm not going to let them down. Know that I don't want not one penny for myself. And know that I'm genuine. I'm the real deal. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Willie Wilson. Uh, he is genuine. Uh, he is caring. He's reached out to everybody. Um, and I have to tell you that I probably the two best candidates out there, Alderman Raymond Lopez and Dr. Willie Wilson. I've seen you two guys together. You are so polite. You are so nice. Yes. Um, you're not mean, you don't attack each other. And I'm thinking, when will we ever have a mayor that's like that? One day, I think Chicago will have it. Um, my guest, Dr. Willie yeah. Wilson, his website is electwilliewilson.com. And I urge you to support yeah. him. By the way, this show will be rebroadcast in Chicago tomorrow at 12 noon on 1080 AM. Um, and I know that a lot of Arab Americans will be listening to support both of you. Dr. Wilson, thank you so much for calling in. I, I really appreciate it. I know it's, you have a big campaign. You're all over the city of Chicago. Um, and for you to take the time, I do appreciate it. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Thank you so much, Dr. Wilson. My mm -hmm. guest, Dr. Willie Wilson, uh, joining us here. And I want to thank all of you for listening to the Ray Hanania Radio Show. We're broadcast every Wednesday, 4 p.m. in Chicago, 5 p.m. Eastern in Detroit, live on WNZK AM 690, and in Washington, D.C., on WDMV AM 700. And we'll be rebroadcast uh, Thursday morning in Detroit on WNZK AM 690. And as I mentioned, in Chicago at 12 noon on AM 1080 radio in Chicago, 12 noon uh, Chicago time. This uh, program is podcast. Uh, you can find it on all the major podcasting platforms like iTunes and Spotify, or you can go to the ArabNews.com slash Ray Radio Show page to look at this uh, podcast, this program. You can find us on YouTube. Um, you can visit the U.S. Arab Radio Network, which is our uh, uh, hosting program with the support and sponsorship of Arab News Newspaper. You go to ArabNews.com for the best English language information about what's happening in the Middle East. One of the few papers that I know of in the Middle East, the Arab News, uh, ArabNews.com, that focuses on the interests of Arab and Muslim Americans. I don't see any other publication do that. And I'm very proud to be writing for Arab News. They're a phenomenal newspaper, and it's very exciting how they care so much about Arab Americans and Muslim Americans. And of course, this radio show is broadcast and streamed live on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arab News. So I'm Ray Hanania. I hope you're joining us next week, um, beginning September 21st. Um, the, uh, I'm sorry, beginning September 14th, the 21st and the 28th. We're going to be talking about the United Nations General Assembly. We'll be analyzing what to expect when the uh, UNGA uh, convenes their 77th UN General Assembly, 
um, and what are going to be the top issues. So I hope you'll join us and listen to those programs. I'm Ray Hannity. I want to say thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you again. See you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. WNC.